Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we've been discussing secret knowledge and visions and supposed visits to heaven. And the last couple episodes, we've been looking at 2 Corinthians and the beginning of chapter 12 and kind of contrasting what Paul has to say with what these charismatic and NAR teachers have to say about their visions and revelations. Do you just kind of want to give us a little recap of the first few verses, and then we will pick up with verse 9? Well, we've been, we just covered Six and verse seven says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Last week we pointed out to keep me from exalting myself is repeated for emphasis. Yes. We don't know what the thorn in the flesh is, but we know why it was given. Right. And we know it's an angel of Satan, according to the literal Greek. Okay. Um, when And we point out it's probably a reference, or at least a, not a reference, but an allusion back to Job. Job yes. 1. Okay. okay. And so there were physical afflictions or different difficulties that, in this case, something specific that is unknown. And then we also mentioned that he went to the Lord and sought or implored that it might leave him. We point out that if you are indeed concerned about Satan's influence in a negative way, as far as something happening in your life, rather than looking for curses or demons to cast out, go to the Lord. Right. He's in charge of these things. Go to the Lord. Okay, so that brings us up to where we are, which is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And that is, and so Paul has gone to the Lord and here's the response. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. That's quite the opposite of what we see in the Dutch Sheets book and and claims of many different charismatic leaders today. Yes, and I think we mentioned last time, the one thing people want to discuss is what the thorn in the flesh was, we don't know. Right. That's not revealed. It, it's not revealed, and it, it really doesn't matter. That's not the point that Paul is that, making here. That's not the point, but speculation about it keeps people from learning what the point really is. Yes. Okay, the word thorn scallops can also mean a, like a spike. Okay. What is it? We don't know. We don't need to know or be revealed. What we do need to know is that Paul had a valid experience as we've said yes, from the text here, the false teachers had aspects of these things that you find in 
apocalyptic literature of the ancient times, including Jewish literature, and their visits of angels or angelic messengers, and so on and so forth. So Paul's angelic visitor was a thorn in the flesh. Okay. A messenger to torment him. So whatever it was, we don't need to know, but we do need to know that we shouldn't listen to the false teachers who make claims that would make themselves superior to ordinary Christians. Right. And we should never listen to anyone who claims to have gotten a doctrine by having gone to heaven. Right. And that I have seen going back to, I was a, became a Christian in 1971, going back to some of the early book booklets that were floating around in those days. Th those claims are there. Yes. And Hagen made the claim of, ga of gaining a revelation from heaven. Okay. And that's what made me eventually question his doctrine. Okay. So this isn't new, but it's right. not valid, okay? Okay. So get that from it. Whatever it was, you don't want it. Don't claim to go to heaven. Right. And we mentioned this in a, a couple episodes ago, but I think it's important to bring up again as well that when Paul, though he's speaking in the third person, was caught up into paradise, what he heard was inexpressible words, or I think what the commentary called unutterable utterances. Right. So this was not things that he was then to bring back and reveal to everyone else. Right. He wrote many books that are things he was given to reveal. Yes. Like Romans. Yep. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Ephesians, and so on. A very large part of the New Testament. Right. So focus on what is revealed. Yes. I, last week I cited this commentary by Mark Seafried from the Pillar series. It's relatively new. And I had a quote from that that I didn't share last week. Okay. I have another one here about the thorn in the flesh. He says, Paul most likely offers his report as a counterclaim to the claims of the adversaries who have been transported to heaven, as Paul himself does indirectly in verses 2 through 4. Remember the second person or third person? I knew a man. Yes. Angels are a regular feature of these journeys, both as guides and as they are gathered in array surrounding the heavenly throne. The angel sent from Satan to Paul, says Seafried, in his earthly weakness, replaces the angel of a transport and the vision of angels at the throne of God. So the false teachers have angels transporting them to the throne, and they're telling about it. Paul's going to tell about the angel of Satan who torments him. Okay. So that's why angels should be, can, can be translated literally. Okay. Angel of Satan. And that's important because that really brings out the contrast between Paul and these other teachers. Yeah. Elsewhere, Paul says, even if angel from heaven brings you a different gospel than the one I've given you, let it be, let him be a curse. 
Right. And and we read that that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Exactly. So the angel of Satan, according to Seafried, I think he has a good reading, is to a counterclaim to their uh, claim that true angels transported them to heaven. Yes. And we mentioned last week, there are people out there right now claiming the visions of angels. Right. And we have to be careful there. There are angels. There is a spirit realm, but we know nothing of it. And we are not equipped to tell who is a good angel and who is a bad angel. We're not to be even in that realm. And so when people start talking about angels appeared, well, we've got to be very careful. And people seem to just assume that if they think they've seen an angel, this is a good angel and this is from God. Well, the one we know that did show up was an angel of Satan, which is the thorn in the flesh. Right. Whatever that turns out to be, the thorn, but it's not, it was something to keep him from exalting himself. So if you're claiming angels from heaven, and what you're doing is exalting yourself by telling these stories and gathering a crowd or writing books or getting a speaking circuit going based on your book about your visionary experiences. You're not valid. That's not the point. Right. That's not from God. Don't buy the book. Don't listen to the teacher. And don't support that. It's not from God. Right. So we have John the Baptist who says, he must increase and I must decrease. We have Paul who here is boasting in his foolishness or boasting in his weakness, but is not even speaking in the first person about this actual visit to heaven that he really had. Okay, he's warning against not exalting yourself. We have John, the Apostle John, when he's is speaking, he quite often does the same thing. He doesn't say, this happened to me, or I did this. He switches to the third person and says, the apostle or the disciple whom Jesus loved. He, The thing that we see here is not exalting self. And yet all of these books and teachers and these things that are floating around there all exalt the people who claim to have these visions and experiences. Right. What we do have is the book of Revelation. Yes. That was given to John. We even most of that is yet future. Okay. And their message messages to churches there. Right. Okay. And there we find out that most of the churches have problems. Yes, that is true. And the commended ones are generally small and unimpressive to the people around them. Okay. Ones that are commended. So I would say this whole genre of heavenly visions, going back to Jane Lead and Enochian walks with God from hundreds of years ago. I wrote about that in an article about New Apostolic called uh, The Roots and Fruits of the New Apostolic Reformation. Yes. Jane Lead. The Enochian walks with God. There you have it again. Right. And even the major cults have the same thing. Somebody oh, yeah. supposedly heard from God. And it, it doesn't really matter if it's Muhammad or Joseph Smith or Ellen White or whoever it was. It always starts with some new revelation from heaven right. or from God. Right, because that gives 
credibility and the ordinary Christians have all got it wrong. So you got to come and join us. Right. Well, that's horrible and it puts people in bondage and we should reject it. Okay. Reject it. Don't listen to that. Yes. Okay. So we mentioned last time the three times he asked God to remove it. And uh, Mark Seafried, I think, has a good reading. He says this is a parent, at least allusion to Jesus is three times in the garden. Right. And that is very significant. Right. And he's he was on the way to the cross to die for our sins. Yes. So now my will but thine. So we need to appeal to God. We need to submit to his providential will as it unfolds. We need to get, ask for grace to obey his revealed will, his moral will in Scripture. Okay. And wisdom to endure living in a wicked world that hates us. Right. And there, there's so much that is a rate, rate against us. Yeah, there is. And the spirit, the, the darkness of the spirit realm, then we got wicked people making decisions that influence us, as we see in the world here. Yes. And Christian parents are facing very many difficulties trying to raise children. Yeah. It's with, it's with hard. There, it's almost impossible to really protect our kids anymore because you can't even go shopping without there's rainbow flags and it's ugh. it's 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 loathsome. I've and, gotten to the point where I can no longer take my kids to the public library because right front and center when you walk in the children's section is is going to be the LGBTQ agenda in board books for toddlers. Well, we've heard from people who, before, when it's time for the kid to go to kindergarten, yeah, or either saying, uh, what are they, gender gender fluidity or whatever, right? And they have they have their they have resources available to help you with your five year old with their gender identity. So, I we want to be forthright that. This is a battle, and the battle is to endure as Christians in a hostile world. Yes. And we're forced to make decisions that we wish we didn't have to make. Okay. Okay, because ordinary life is, is creating dilemmas for just about everybody. Right. Okay. I understand that. We understand that. But we need to have the truth rock solid in our hearts and minds, or we'll have no ability even to know how to pray about it. Yes. And what we're just talking about is the battle we're looking at here in America. And I realize not everybody's in America that might be listening to us. Okay. But Western civilization is generally facing the same thing. Right. Okay. So the Bible is not confused okay there are two genders male and female right that's biological reality created by god which you read about in genesis chapter one and two okay okay that will never change yes gender is not a state of mind 
Right. So we're making a strong claim about that. And I think every Christian who knows the truth of the gospel and is trusting Christ believes that and agrees with it. Yes. But we're seen as being flawed by the wicked world around us. Because we won't celebrate their sin. Right. Or we even say that we don't agree with it. And the reason we don't is because of the Bible. Right. And and things that should just seem so blatantly obvious, all of a sudden you're a hateful, spiteful person if you just think a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Yes. And I'm... It's, it's really sad, and I was. Is there a, this is just kind of a side note here, but it's certainly a version of a thorn in the flesh to live in a world like this. Right. Now, these sort of weird things happened in the Roman Empire. Oh, absolutely. Generally speaking, recent Western civilization wasn't so much like that. Yes. Okay. I was thinking of that, talking with my wife, who we grew up in. Sheldon, I went to high school there in the 60s. There were zero cases of anyone like that. Right. They didn't know if they were a boy or a girl. Yeah. Okay, how not- did it go from zero cases to an epidemic of gender fluidity uh, confusion? Where did that all come from? Right. Well, we even had- when I was in school, I mean, some things were were creeping in. But a boy who showed up in school in a dress was not going to have a good day. Not that that ever happened. But if you even just hinted at that, nobody was going to welcome you. It's a little hard to believe that there's an epidemic of all of a sudden people don't know what gender they are. That being said, it should be obvious to any Christian that that's all wickedness and sin. Right. And it's really just... It's shaking their fist at the creator who made them male or female. Yeah. So, so the thing created, say to the creator, why have you made me thus? Right. Paul said that. So that having been said, this material here, the answer to it isn't to go to a meeting, hear stories about somebody that went to heaven. Okay. That's not equipping you for the work of the ministry. It's not equipping you to find grace and strength in times of weakness. Okay. It's not equipping you to have hope and comfort. Yes. To be equipped for the battles that we do have to fight as as these things threaten everybody's family. Um, And we have access to the throne of grace. The answer isn't to try to cast down the spirits over the city or strategic level spiritual warfare whatever because there are people out there say all this stuff is based on the church not knowing how to cast the demon down out of some realm of the heavenlies right we don't need to know the names of territorial spirits or who's over what city no because that's that's not for us to know right but we have access to the throne of grace Yes. That's where Paul went. Okay. And in regard to the pagan world we're living in, that is a good answer. Yes. It is God's answer. My grace is sufficient for you. 
Yeah, and we pray for those in authority. And the desire of Christians is as much as possible to live peaceably with all men. Yes. Okay? And uh, we do realize that the world is not going to endorse biblical Christianity as the only way to God. Right. Okay? And we're not dominionists. In fact, I, we've written against that. Okay. It's not the Christian's role to force people to be Christian at the end of the sword. Yes. But it's to maintain a godly, forthright, unapologetic confession of the person and work of Christ and why we're trusting in him. Okay. My grace is sufficient. There's the message. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Yes. And grace is sufficient. Okay. In God's providence in regard to what we were just talking about. Honestly, I thought, I, I mean, I've really in my life did a lot of counseling and dealt with a lot of really bad situations that people were in. Okay. Horrible ones. A guy that murdered his father, somebody I had been, I had dealt with and came in for deliverance or whatever. Yeah. Later after I said, oh, I can't help the guy. Well, that's what happened. Uh, it's a miracle. I'm not dead. Right. Life threatened many times. It's been really, really bad, really difficult. It's worse. Yes. I have not seen this level of wickedness proclaimed by civil authorities and called good. Okay. I thought I've seen everything, but this is the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. One thing after another after another. Okay. That's the what we're living in. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not starting a revolution there. Not saying, uh, what I'm saying to do is pray to God to deliver us. Yes. Pray to God to give us grace and mercy to maintain a godly Christian witness in the middle of this. Right. Pray to God for wisdom to be able to take care of our children, our grandchildren, and so forth, and have families that would be honoring to God in situations that we may not be able to always change yes and it's it's hard it's very hard it's very difficult we need one another we need prayer so here's paul corinth sharing his weakness okay he's getting from them is mocked mocking he's he's mocked yes he's unimpressive look at him we visited heaven look at this guy yep you're distressed with the difficult situation we're in. There are overly triumphant Christians out there who will just mock you as being powerless. Right. And in many ways, all that we're facing as a culture and and as Christians here, the false teachers are capitalizing on that. 
And if we will join, according to them, if we will join their program or we will get a part of, of their rallies or their marches or we'll join with them in prayer over our nation, and if we'll do all these things, then according to them, we can reclaim America for Christ. And when we well, just um, point out God's sovereignty in human history, then we're the defeated Christians who are preventing this so-called return to Christ. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that. Uh, this very Dutch sheets that we, who we book, we've been critiquing. Part of the ones they're making the decrees. They're going to make the decrees into the heavenlies. Yeah, we you did a few episodes on his Watchman decree. It yeah, never the, happened. Well, the last election was dismal results. It got worse. Yeah. Okay. We're not in charge of world history. God is. Yes. We don't draw the boundaries of nations. According to God does. Acts 17. Okay. Right? Draws right. out the boundaries. We can know the moral will of God, and we need to know it. It's certainly valid to say that God's revealed that there should be national boundaries. He's okay. ordained in order that lawlessness doesn't make it impossible for civilization to function. Right. We see that. We know that. We yep. know what's right and wrong. We can say, as we just did, there's only two genders. Right. Okay. But to call Christians who pray to God to be bold witnesses who speak the truth and who confess Christ, who died for sins, once for all, the just for the unjust, in order to bring us to God, the, the need to repent and turn to Christ, the need for grace to live in the midst of a wicked generation, and to point out the folly of dominion theology, claiming we're going to be the rulers of the Western civilization and make things go our way, is not biblical. That's not the Great Commission. Right. So if that makes us defeated, well then... We are saying God predicted that we'd have tribulations and difficulties. Exactly. And his grace is sufficient. Who's defeated? The people who, like Paul, say, my grace, the power of Christ is, um, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I'm content with weaknesses and insults and stresses and persecutions, difficulties for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Okay. okay. Does that make Paul defeated? The Corinthians thought it did. Right. And who's defeated? The people claim they're running things and they can't do it anyhow. Yes. And they're blaming us for the, their failure to bring to pass their dominion mandate that's not from God anyhow. Okay. Because we're praying to God for strength to be consistent witnesses in the midst of the world we live in. Okay. I've been told that I've just made myself defeated before I started because I don't believe in their dominion mandate. Right. It's pretty sad, really. Yeah, it is. But the fact is, we better learn how to live with weaknesses and difficulties, to pray for one another, to care for one another, to help each other as we seek to live in the midst of a perverse world. And to be bold witnesses for Christ, calling people to repentance. Yes. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. Few there are that walk in it. But 
people can get out of this? You might say, what's the answer? The answer is to turn to Christ and not allow the wicked world to determine what you're going to believe. Right. Believe what is true and what's revealed in the scripture. So we're not going to cave to all these false beliefs. Right. And we're not going to be silenced about what the Bible says. But okay. neither are we going to claim that we're going to raise up some kind of army that's going to defeat all of God's enemies now. Right. It's not right. Okay. All right. Do you want to give us a 30-second wrap-up? Well, let me read the last couple of verses here. Okay. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, Paul said, with insults, distresses, persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for I am weak, that I am strong. I have become foolish. You yourself compelled me. I should have been commended by you, for in no respect was I inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I am a nobody. Wow. So here's the conclusion of the fool speech. It goes at least back to 11.1. Okay. And Paul told his Corinthian critics, who had themselves had some of which visits to heaven, evidently, made their claims to be great apostles or whatever they were. He says that uh, elsewhere, Second Corinthians, I'm willing to spend and be expended for your sakes. The more I love you, the less I'm to be loved. Okay. So their rejection of the true apostle Paul was based on worldly ideas that are not correct, but it didn't stop him from laying down his life for the benefit of the church. Yes. In the sense of caring about those despite how they treated him. Okay. So... Dear ones, we need each other. We need to support uh, the preaching of the gospel. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for Christian families who are, make, who are faced with things that no one should ever have to face. Okay. And uh, pray that God will, God will have mercy. He can change things. Yes. And we want to live peaceably with all people. And uh, it's very difficult right now because of the evil that that we're facing. Yes, it sure and, is. But you don't fail by going to God in prayer. Paul didn't fail by going to God in prayer. And Jesus in Gethsemane certainly didn't fail by saying, not my will, but thine on the way to the cross, because that was the purpose. So be comforted in that. It's not a failure to be weak and need the Lord to give you strength and power. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.